0: 1460
1: KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. Alright, good morning everybody and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Friday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO as we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending at least part of your morning uh, with us. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list today, obviously in the first hour we're going to go basketball heavy, Cyhawk heavy, as we uh, recap last night. Uh 1025, Tom Cakert from Hawkeye Report will be here. We'll get the Hawkeye perspective on their uh, convincing victory last night over Iowa State. We'll do some football with Tom as well. Alex Halstead on Iowa State. Uh, where did they go next? Uh, Alex Halstead in here at 1045, 24 7, sportscyclonealert.com. And likewise, we'll do some football uh, with Alex, maybe more so football. I think that's if the audience wants to hear, <laughs> uh, at least that portion of the audience. In the 11 o'clock hour, and get some NFL in here with Nick Athen on the Chiefs Broncos, likewise with Dave Sinikin on the Packers Bears. Bama Bob Trent and I will take a look at Army Navy. Claxons giveaway at 1140. And Iowa Real Estate uh, presents our picks coming up at. At 11.45. Well, we left here yesterday, Trent. Not really... At least I, I don't want to speak for you. I think you were going to bet on Iowa State or take Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were both... We both could have been convinced either way, I think. Sure. And... Um, Maybe it wasn't as difficult as we thought because that was an eye-opening, convincing performance out of those Hawkeyes last night. Iowa State had no answer; to that they were embarrassed, well, and they should be embarrassed here this morning.
2: It was a dominating performance from the get-go, and Iowa started hitting shots early on, took the crowd completely out of the game, and from there, it got really worse. Coasted. I mean, it just they coasted for thirty-six minutes. There was the one run in the second half when Iowa State got it back to... Seven, I think. Yeah, six or seven. It was right in that range. And it felt like, okay, but Iowa answered right again. Mm-hmm. And every single time, it felt like you, a little 4 nothing run out of Iowa State. I would have a response. Mm-hmm. They'd make a couple of... Well, there weren't many made threes, but a couple of made, Those types of things, and Iowa was right there every single time. And This goes into what you and I have talked about a lot this season with this Iowa team. Is this the most talented Iowa team in the decade of Frey McCaffrey? No, not even close. But there's something different about this group. There's a toughness that has not always been no. there with Iowa basketball. These are tough dudes. These are yeah. guys that aren't scared of the moment. They'll take the big shot. Well, they'll go out Well, in particular,
1: 55 is a tough dude. Because night t- after night, we've been talking about this since yep. October, that we've never seen a guy get hit in the face mm-hmm. more than Luca Garza since we've said that. I mean, he's had stitches. He gets a tooth knocked out. Um, he is... Trent... There has to have been someone who's taken as big of steps from their sophomore to their junior season or from one season to another since I've been doing this. And I know the latest is always the greatest. I can't recall a kid who's over the summer changed the way he plays the game and his effectiveness and his outright hustle and his commitment to both ends of the floor than Luca Garza. I can't. I I don't know the answer. Who that person would be? I can't get over the difference we've seen from fifty-five. He is a different
2: player. He's a more retooled player. And we mentioned yesterday. You know, last year he didn't come in great shape because he had a nine-pound cyst right. removed from his abdomen. Yeah. Didn't have a lot of chances to work out in the offseason, exactly. leading up to the season. And what kind of impact they made? Luka Garza's always been able to score. That's never been a problem. He can score, but now there's a lot more room inside mm-hmm. With no Tyler Cook on the other block. Taking up a lot of room over there, he can go inside. He can go outside. It's his
1: hustle that impressed. Trent. He's sometimes the last guy, you know, to leave the offensive end. And okay, he's not the first, mm-hmm. but he's not like he's lagging behind to get back and do his job defensively.
2: I think we've all done sprints now. Maybe yours was on ice back in Canada, That's but true, <laughs> you, you do the sprints up and down.
1: He I'm did going lines, to... and that was the worst. Red line, blue line, blue line, red line. Then the center. Anyways, it's awful.
2: I'm going to guarantee during practice when they do that at Iowa he is the last guy yeah or he should be but i bet he's one of the, the last, last guys, guys
1: going he's wanting more after the right. drills
2: over with right he athletically he shouldn't beat guys down the floor he shouldn't no. he shouldn't beat michael Jacobson down the floor and he shouldn't beat george kain down the floor
1: hadn't been until this year right
2: he is better with his feet he is quicker mm-hmm. than he has been this guy is playing at an all american level he is I mean, always always like Luka Garza in his game, and he always had that demeanor. Yeah, you know, he, he liked to mix it up. But there were some limitations, too, that came with him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He has ironed those out. And even with the limitations, you're talking about a guy playing at a
1: high, high level. Trent, I go back to uh, you and I a couple of years ago, and there would be days we'd come in, and oh, Nansi's going to be better than Garza. Oh, Garza's better yeah. than Nansi. Yep. We just weren't sold. Mm-hmm. Uh, But boy, oh boy, I wish I would have bought stock on this kid because he's unbelievable.
2: Speaking of buying stock, give me all the C.J. Frederick stock stock that is available. Yeah, He wants the big shot, doesn't he? He wants the big Mm -hmm. shot. He is so much more athletic than I ever anticipated. He can get to the rim. He finishes well around the rim. Mm -hmm. For a 6'3 guy, Mm -hmm. he finishes with contact with guys around him. You just don't see that happen very often with where Iowa would, two guards.
1: Where would they be? We, we, we all anticipate that Bohannon's going to make yes. that announcement next week. Where would they be with with that impending announcement if, if Frederick didn't look like he's going to give Iowa a chance to fill those minutes, to take that role, to be the guy that's got you know, the ball when it comes time for a big shot? The stage hasn't gotten to him no. one little bit.
2: And he did it against the national runner-up from a year ago, Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. He did it on the road here against Iowa State. He's not scared of the moment. That confidence. And you couple that with another guy that is confident out there in Connor McCaffrey. And it's something that, Ken, I, I, I think you know it bothers me, the Hawkeye fans that are out there that don't like Connor McCaffrey because of his last name. Mm-hmm, it's true. Because this guy should be beloved. He is middle of things. He's a little chippy. Yep. He'll do some talking. He'll dive after every loose ball. He is the kind of glue guy that you need. He knows how to run a team, how to run an offense, ah, but he can't shoot. And his last name's yeah. McCaffrey. Right. You know, and, and so because of those two factors, people don't like him. He he's not the point guard, he's not Joe Tucson. He's not a break your ankles point mm-hmm. guard. Tucson,
1: by the way, too had a pretty nice game. Yes, he did. Some impactful minutes.
2: And you can play those two guys together at times. I like this team. And I never coming into the year, I thought best case scenario, this is a bubble type team. That was best yeah, case that scenario. That
1: was, I think, even going to be a reach, but I get your point. You that know?
2: was the high level uh-huh. mark for this team. And even Bohannon, if, when,
1: he shuts it down next week, his team can be more than that. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. I
2: don't think they're going to contend for the regular season No, I'm not
1: saying that, but they've they've certainly got a chance to be 500 in league. Yeah, In a really good league. 11-12 wins in the league. I can see that. 11-9, and and Uh
2: 12-8. I absolutely can see that. There's
1: going to be difficult nights. I Mm -hmm. mean, we've seen seen some already difficult nights for this team.
2: And there's going to be a team waiting for them next week when they get back at it after finals. Cincinnati, who they knocked out of the NCAA Mm -hmm. tournament a year ago. The Bearcats haven't played well, but they're going to be
1: waiting for Iowa. Absolutely, the good news is it's a neutral site. If there mm-hmm. is some uh, silver lining in that, conversely, Trent. I mean, it's going to be a long week for Iowa State and that and oh. that in that uh, roster uh, because that they they had to. I mean, that's a bad taste in the mouth leaving there last mm-hmm. night. Trent, they had no answers. They got out hustled. They got out worked. They got out toughed. At every single turn uh, in that game last night, trying to find a positive. Well, we know the positive in Halliburton. Halliburton yeah. is a he's a star. He can get to the rim whenever he, he is wants. is so damn good. He's and he's he's fun to watch. Maybe Terrence Lewis. Yes, if my you, guy. That is speaking
2: your guy. of stock, boy. I got a lot of penny stocks of Terrence Lewis. This team can't shoot the basketball. No. What can Terrence Lewis do?
1: Well, he made some shots yesterday.
2: That is what his reputation mm-hmm. is as a shooter has not always shown up, but that is yeah. what he is supposed to do. It's time, right? Well,
1: the I guy's so. a junior. I mean, Trent, here's the thing. Uh, pro, you know, searching for an answer. Mm-hmm. He needed something last night and um, because we hadn't seen Terrence Lewis on the floor, so he was trying to go deep and he was trying to insert something to get a spark. Lewis gave them one. He certainly earned more minutes after that performance last night. No doubt. I'm not saying that he's going to be there. Well, who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe. Um, <laughs> Maybe he was just languishing on the bench, and and, and this might be uh, the start of something with him. But it, I mean, Jacobson was, yeah. Nixon was really good defensively. I, I liked his defensive game. Um, Bolton Bolton's great. taking a step back. Yeah, he's had one or two good games, but certainly not the guy that we. You know, we're blowing smoke up his skirt when he got eligible. Because we both saw him at Penn State and liked his potential. And his game, it hasn't translated so far in in, in Ames. I thought Con- this was, he, he was all
2: right. All yeah. right. Yeah. Rebounded pretty well. Yeah. This was a team I thought was a solid NCAA tournament team. I did too. Not not solid, but certainly they're going to get in. And that 7-10 to 10 range. Yeah. They were in the tournament. They mm-hmm. weren't going to be bubbled. They were in the tournament. I don't know if that's the case right now. Well no,
1: not what we saw last night. If you
2: can't solve these shooting woes, I don't see it happening with this squad.
1: They've had one good game where they shot the ball well, right, Alabama? Against a bad Alabama team. Right, but that was the mm-hmm. one game where they got it going and right. were able to, you know, they stroked it. This was, poof, I would just crush them.
2: Yes. It it took away the drama that we're so used to. Mm-hmm. And I was had leads the last four times they've been in Hilton. but like, all right, well, we'll probably see more of the same and it just never came
1: for this squad. I saw a stat last night. And again, you and I are men's basketball and football. Those move our needles. Mm-hmm. But you go back to December. I can't remember who tweeted this out. December of 2015. Men's and women's basketball, wrestling and football. I was 15-1 and one in Oof. that time frame. Jeez. 15-1. That's impressive. That's dominating your in-state rival. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not going to put a billboard up for it. Well, I mean, if it was on the other foot, you might. <laughs> I think we were past that. But. I, and uh, it has and been... I'm glad they did that, by the way. I have no problem. That was great. That was great uh, segments.
2: Watching message boards and Twitter, some of the negativity around Steve Prohm, are you feeling that?
1: No, I mean, that's
2: fans. Right? Yeah. That's
1: that's fans.
2: Look, let's, let's He's wait. He's in th- such a difficult spot. Sure. Replacing a legend, Fred Hoiberg. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A guy played there and replacing the that program. roster too I mean there yes. was a part
1: where I think it was Benetti I don't know how much time was left in the game 8 minutes 7 minutes whatever well they've been down 20 in the second half before and Monte Mor- well Monte Morris is walking through that door sure. I got news for you neither is Niang and neither is any of those other guys Matt Thomas or none of them Mitru Long this is this this roster is there's holes okay but yeah. I mean I don't know where they sit right now in the Big 12 I can't wait for conference play to begin for crying out loud uh, but boy, this is going to be a long week for Iowa State. And then don't they come back with like a, a real stinker?
2: Yeah, they're next to uh, IUPU Fort yeah. Wayne, followed by Florida AM on Tuesday, the 31st. What are you going to learn? What
1: are you going to learn Nothing. from those two games? A
2: couple of wins. Pad the uh, pad the win total. They'll be 8-4, And then it is conference play starting on the road. A sense
1: of hope will be built up before you get on onto the road to take on some Big 12 foes. That's all it is.
2: And TCU is your most winnable road game. You open up conference play with your most winnable road game. It's not must win, but it's must win. I mean, you've dug yourself a hole now. When you were WNL in the schedule coming into the year, all right, lose a couple of games in the battle for Atlanta, it's okay. Mm -hmm. I could see people doing that, but I don't think most people had a road loss at Oregon State. Not a very good Oregon State
1: team. No, tough trip, but I'm with you. I mean, yeah, that was 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 Saturday afternoon, afternoon, right? That was a Saturday afternoon.
2: Same thing with the Iowa game at home. You're putting that one in the win column.
1: Well, they were favored by what? I mean, essentially, they were favored by the building. Mm-hmm.
2: Now you already have four losses on your resume, and with the Big Twelve again being as difficult
1: top to bottom as mm-hmm. it's going to be,
2: is Texas Tech's
1: had some bad nights. They've yeah. had some really good nights, as we saw earlier. Louisville, in the week. Yeah. yeah, the number one team. Now, they had a little one beside their name. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I don't know Iowa what direction States, you go. I don't either, Trent. I don't either. I guarantee that uh, the the Perlman Company didn't get a lot of sleep last night as they tried to figure this out. Conversely, Iowa, I couldn't have been more impressed. I really couldn't have been more impressed. This Luca Garza, the leap that he took from last year to this year, I've never seen anything like it. I'm with you. I'm glad you bring up McCaffrey. It's uh, We're both fans of his. Bohannon struggled from the floor, but when they put him on the line late... Jordan Mohani six for six. Yes, and you know when he got when he he said after the game that he wanted to get back to the free throw line one more time. Yep, and I knew I would make them.
2: <laughs> yes. Of course he did. Yes, he had a chance to break the free throw record consecutive and missed it on purpose.
1: I, I knew I would make them, and then he blew the kiss to the to the fans. I guess there were the student section that was giving him a hard time during the game, and then the at, at the end when he took off his shoes. Now he had tweeted apparently at some point during the day. I don't know if that was a response to the Niang thing. Look, Twitter was pretty good. Rivalry Twitter was yeah. pretty good yesterday. got a little quiet last night or a little one-sided uh, last night, and understandably so. But he tweeted at some point that he's got a little surprise, perhaps, after the game. I mean, I never, who knew, right? Yeah. And when he took, takes off the shoes and signs them, leaves them on the floor, <laughs> it's pretty good.
2: It is, knowing it's going to be your last yeah. time playing in Hilton. It's mm-hmm. pretty out good. like that. That's, I mean, it's a, you see wrestlers do this all the time. You know, I love the state, state wrestling tournament and guys that Mm -hmm. know their careers are over. They're not going to wrestle collegiately. They'll leave their shoes on the mat as they, as they make their way off. It is kind of one of those cool, just different kind of moments. And that one, it was something different. It was a a different idea. He's got an opportunity now, if he does shut it down and come back next year to win four games against Iowa state, Mm -hmm. he can do it again. He'll be four and one in his career. Not many guys can say that. Not many guys have five opportunities to do it, but right. he's going to be one of them that has that. It's uh, He's taken this rivalry. and Well, he's an Iowa kid. And and got the Iowa part back into it. You've heard this before. Iowa
1: fans, uh, it's not that big no, of a deal. No, he admitted it. So did Wieskamp yes. yesterday. Yes. Both of them. Wieskamp said when the schedule comes out, this is what we circle. Bohannon, this is Iowa's Super Bowl. He said that. This is our Super Bowl. That's great. That yes. should be. You're from Iowa. This game should mean something, and I think it and we I think last year really is going to we're going to look back at 2018, and that's when it got a little nasty, right That's when Steve Prohm's running down the floor and he put his hand on a on one of the hawkeyes. Not that he was doing it, I don't think with any malice in mind, I don't. But he was separating, and then we saw the Pemsel By the way, what has happened to Pemcil? Oh, he has fallen off. Holy
2: mackerel. Credit to Fran McCaffrey when he saw that bad Cordell Pemcil showed up. Ooh. He didn't keep playing him, he didn't keep plugging him in there. He said, All right, we're going to tighten the rotation. He doesn't have it tonight. Credit to Fran. That's not always been the mm-hmm. case with Fran. He's always trying to get his guys' minutes. Didn't have it, not mm-hmm. going to
1: play. What would you think of Wieskamp's game last night? He wasn't called upon a ton. Right, but it was solid. He was confident.
2: Yeah. And that started on Monday night in the game against Minnesota. Yeah. And Jordan right. Bohannon understanding right away, we're going to get Wieskamp going here because we're going to need him against Iowa State and going forward. And I got two games left to do it. We're going to get him going. And then you saw that, especially early on. He was hitting shots, hit a couple of threes early. And from there, he's a good defender too. Mm-hmm. That's something that I think people miss with Wieskamp, is he's certainly a plus on that end of the floor.
1: Uh Solomon Young I want to mention him because I thought he had some moments last night. Sure there was some frustration uh, because when, when Garza was just backing him down toward the basket. And, look, he's going to do that to a lot of guys in a very physical Big Ten uh, league. I thought Solomon Young was okay last night. I, yep. I, he certainly wasn't the problem. Um, what did he have? I think he was in double digits, was maybe one of only two. I think it was Halliburton and him, right? The it only was, two yep. clones uh, that found their way to double digits. Uh, Justin's been patient. Let's get Justin in here. Justin, welcome to the program. What's on your mind?
0: Hey, uh, how, how many points did Luke Garza have last night? Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Okay, uh, I think we can agree that guy is incredibly improved. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, 44 points, National Player of the Year, I mean, of the week, mm-hmm. and, uh, I think that just shows you that Fran McCaffrey is, in fact, a good coach, and he can develop people into better players, kind of like Dr. Tom used to.
1: Well, he certainly had a great uh, great run so far with this oh, team. Yeah. Yep. Just, and
0: especially, I was just going to say one thing, the guys from four to six, they hammered McCaffrey all last year about... Well, you know what, yeah, call,
1: call the guys from four to six. I don't want to stick <laughs> up for them. Maybe you want to pick, pick a fight with them, Called. Um We're 10 to noon, and we're grateful that you're listening. Just, you know, If you want to... Bring up other shows. <laughs> call the other show, uh Tom Ka- uh, Tom Caker coming up at about ten twenty five. Free McCaffrey. Yeah, you know what? Let's first give him a little Hilton. credit, right? Yes. Because uh this is a guy that and and, and Justin's one hundred percent right. Uh, who just called us there, and we appreciate the call. Mm-hmm. um He's one hundred percent right. He's taken a lot of arrows, and a lot of arrows have been uh-huh. pointed his way. Justifiably so. I mean, you still have a problem with the with the you know t- two files in the first uh, <laughs> first <laughs> ah, twenty speech. minutes. Boom, you're going to the bench. Yeah. Um, Fran McCaffrey, Fran McCaffrey's doing. He's done a nice job with this team. He's done a very nice job with this team, no doubt. Lost some critical pieces to this team, uh, but Luca Garza, and and I think it was was it Dawkage? pointed out uh, Garza's father. Is it Frank? Frank? Frank, yeah. Frank Garza um, pointed out that that he appreciates the fact that pops was willing to you know to really work with his son during the off season because. Frank understood the program or something, I think, was the it was the um, gist of the conversation that Dockage uh, relayed to us last night. But, man, the, Trent, it's night and day. I can't get over what I'm seeing out of 55.
2: Fray McCaffrey has now taken this team to four of the last six NCAA tournaments. They haven't got the breakthrough. They haven't got to the Sweet 16 yet.
1: Mm-hmm. Is it because he hasn't had a point guard is that part of it maybe the recruiting thing
2: yeah I mean they had two they had Gassell and Clemens played together right Right. but both those guys had their limitations sure and they're going to be playing two a lot of this year the rest of the year with McCaffrey Mm -hmm. playing together with Toussaint you're going to see that but could be a part of it this program I don't think people people have too many memories of what it once was they haven't won a regular season title since 1979 it's 40 years yeah they haven't Made it to the Sweet 16 since so 1999. Mm-hmm. That's 20 years. <laughs> they This program... was a pretty da- tough league, though. When Dr. Tom was let go...
1: Yeah. Remember la- it well.
2: That lame duck year. Yep. It was looked at in college basketball fronts terribly. Mm-hmm. And then Steve Alford goes there, and boy... But
1: look at the little run that he had in the tournament the, at the end of the year.
2: But a program that had missed five tournaments in the 25 years previous, missed five under him. Yeah. He had taken that program a step back, and then the complete teardown of Licklider. People naturally looked at the job and said, you're in the Big Ten. What advantages do you have? You don't have a practice facility. You don't invest money in the program. It was looked at terribly. I was incredibly lucky that Fran McCaffrey took that job at that point, because if they didn't, well, the other guys that were on the list, Brian Gregory, Mm. who was a complete flameout at Georgia Tech. You look at the other names on that list. Everybody thought McCaffrey was going to St. John's. Iowa fans, consider yourself lucky that McCaffrey made the decision to come back to the Midwest and go to Iowa. Because without him, you make a bad hire
1: after Licklider. This basketball program could be in shambles right now. Mm, interesting. Well, we'll take a timeout. We'll get Tom Cakert in here. We'll do more on the Hawkeyes uh, at 1045. Alex Halstead will slide on in here. We'll get Iowa State's perspective. I don't know where they go from here. It is going to be an unbelievably long week for this oh, team. Oh,
2: man. And then the imagine practice this oh, week? Oh, my
1: God. I mean what what do you do? What do you do if you're prom do you light him up? I don't think you can. I, do, I think this is a little masa- him, massaging of the egos. Well he fell on the sword last night. He, he, mean, he took complete blame for that game yep. last night. They weren't ready to play. That's on me. Um, this is, right, this is on me. It was my fault that this team played like. Uh, I mean, I get what you're doing, and mm-hmm. I respect you for, you know, for sticking up for your team like that. You, 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 we've we've seen coaches that are. <laughs> we just talked about one that just uh, replaced Dr. Tom. That would be, you know, the first thing he would do. Well, not uh, my fault. I had no, kids ready to play. No, they yeah. just, anyways, they uh, didn't
2: execute. They didn't do the game
1: plan. I had a great game plan. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Tom Caker, <laughs> HotGuyReport.com, Dylan Mont, uh, Dylan Mont- uh, Alex Halstead in this hour as well. we we'll Switch to the NFL week 15. Some juicy ones, including a couple. Well, certainly the Bears and the uh, the Packers is a pretty big football game. The Vikings go to L.A. The Chiefs host the Broncos. Those are the four locals. We'll talk to that. You know, there's, it's a pretty good weekend.
2: It's a real good weekend.
1: I mean, and, and good for NBC for flexing out. They flexed out right now. They flexed out of Chargers Vikings. They did. And replace that with the two wildcard teams. I mean, we've got five versus six. Buffalo versus Pittsburgh on Sunday night. Not awful. Not bad at all. Uh, Tom Caker joins the program next. Trent and I until noon. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 14- more. KXNO in your pocket with
0: iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
1: All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon approaching 10.30 here on a Friday morning. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com, coming up here in 15 minutes. Tom Cakert, Hawkeye Report, joins the program right now. Tom, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on, Tom Cakert. How are
3: you? Um, I'm doing well. I'm trying to decide if I want to talk about the Iowa game or... Trent's uh, betting foibles against <laughs> Iowa all the time.
2: Yeah. I, I took the clones uh, plus 700 last night during the live line. As Oh, you did? I, I saw you tweeting them. That was the time where I said at that point we have seen Iowa State yeah. come back so many yeah. times in this building against Iowa in the past that I had or to jump Or against a lot
1: of teams in the past. Yes. I
2: dug myself a hole even deeper. Not not the most profitable of nights last <laughs> you night. You know what? Barb. You
1: just led me to something. I, that, that's something to watch this season because they're going to fall behind and there will be at least... You know one night you would expect mm-hmm. when that magic shows its head and what you could have got them when they were behind whatever and come back that's something to watch interesting angle
3: uh well, it, it, let's go ahead tom um you know just on that theme though and I'm curious you guys' view on this, especially Trent because he you know he's sicker Iowa than I am oh. so closely yeah. no, just that he follows it so closely is when Iowa State made that run and got it forty four thirty seven huh how many other how many other fran teams yeah. do what the Iowa team did last night? I don't think there's any of them. Excellent and, point. And Connor
2: was the one that hit the shot right to extend the lead back to double digits. I believe it was Connor that uh, hit Iowa, the
1: three.
3: Yeah, Iowa went uh, when they cut it to 7, Iowa ended up in the next basically like 5 minutes went on a 21-6 run. Mm-hmm. And,
2: and yeah, they just right back to where it was at halftime. Tom, this is something we talked about at the top of the show, and though this isn't the most talented Fran team that he's had at Iowa, this team feels different it's because of that mental toughness. and he can't measure it and he can't find it on Ken Palm. There's no measure of it that I try to find to go through analytics, but from Connor McCaffrey to CJ. Frederick, Luca Garza, not only these guys, good, solid big Ten players, but most importantly, they're not scared of the big Mm-mm. moment.
3: They're mentally tougher than any Iowa team that I've seen under Fran, and that's no disrespect to any of the other guys, but any of the other teams, but it, it, they're just, they've got a mental toughness to them and, and a way to find buckets, uh, you know, Connors three, then camp right after that drives to the bucket, gets fouled, makes the shot, um, you know, they go to the under 16 at that point, and and they just kept rolling from there and it was um it, it just seemed weird because I've seen so many Iowa teams in that same situation, especially at Hilton, um, just fold up at that point and then it's you know, before, next thing you know, Iowa State's up ten or something and that didn't happen and Iowa just put their foot on the gas and just didn't let go and but part of that Iowa State just they can't shoot. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's just a the problem they, they they don't have the shooters there there's no Nas Long uh, type player, or somebody yep. like that. It's,
1: Sullivan it's, McGee. There's been a job. bunch of them. Matt Thomas. Yeah, there's
3: just been a ton of them. Yep. A ton of them, and and they don't have the shooting this year.
1: No, they certainly don't. So let me let me ask you this, Tom, because you know teams often you know take their coach's personality. And Fran McCaffrey's got that kind of you know that East Coast Philadelphia he played in some really growing up, uh, some really tough places. I can only imagine his childhood. I'm guessing there was a lot of uh, a lot of brawls uh, with McCaffrey and, and he clearly comes across as that's the kind of guy that he is, right? And yet, we didn't see that other than Adam Woodbury, that tough is, is, is a toughness on display most years. Might it be his kid uh, the, you know that's rubbed off, the old man's rubbed off on him a little bit? Might it be Connor McCaffrey that brings that kind of you know, swagger to the floor and it's rubbing off on his teammates, maybe?
3: Swagger, chippiness, yeah. I don't know what you want to call it, but yeah, you go back to last year. You remember the the little kerfuffle that happened he was right at the center the of it. <laughs> it was Connor. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's not forget it, it right. was Connor McCaffrey that was he lit the fuse Wolfson, and yeah, he's the one that got that going. And that's just Connor. And you could tell that before the game too. He was um, just locked in, as Fran likes to say. He was and on the floor, he was barking a little bit, um, you know, at the Iowa State guys and. More than anybody else. I mean, Bohannon just does it. Just to troll people. I mean, he is just the, the living embodiment of a of a of a troll kind of thing. That he just he likes to just kind of poke the bear, so to speak. But Connor, it's serious business with him. That he he just likes to win and to go after Iowa State in these rivalry games.
2: Speaking of Jordan Bohannon, after the game, uh, before he blew the kiss, of course, after his final free throw leaving his shoes on the floor. I mean, I think, Tom, we've talked about this. Your anticipation is we're going to find out he is going to shut it down here. There's been a lot of talk, maybe uh, another hip surgery coming for him. But with that, you think it's done for him? And and that moment, him siding the shoes as he uh, left the floor at Hilton.
3: Yeah, even after the game, it almost felt like he was kind of trolling us to say, well, you know, maybe you know, but then he – kind of reading between the lines and the other thing that I saw um, we were uh, sitting down on the baseline by the Iowa bench and he and Ryan Crean yes, shared the a really yep. long embrace before the game mm-hmm. and said some things to each other and they're really really good friends they've known each other since they were freshmen in high school I think so um, they have a long relationship and, the, and Ryan even said this might be the last time I get to play with you and mm-hmm. Um, and that, because Ryan's a senior, he won't be around next year. Yeah. if Jordan came back. So I think they all kind of know where this is headed, but Jordan wants to, Jordan's got a little bit of flair for the dramatic, you know, <laughs> he, he doesn't want to spoil anything and just kind of wants to have some, uh, you know, play this out a little bit more, but I, I suspect we're going to see him shut things down and, um, and then. Chase that three-point record uh, next year in the Big Ten. Mm.
1: You know, Trent, Trent mentioned we got to get the Garza. I mean, <laughs> you know, let's do that right now because Tom, I, I can't get over what I'm seeing. Just the 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 difference between one year to the next with Luca Garza, the hustle that this guy night in, night out. First guy, you know, last guy to leave the defensive end of the floor, and then but right down there with his teammates to set up offensively. Um, what 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 a difference between his sophomore and his junior campaign, and the praises they're getting heaped upon him from national guys are absolutely 100% all deserved what a difference
3: it Is part of it just because Tyler Cook's not there and that's not a shot at Tyler but Tyler was the guy that in mm-hmm. the post last year and he's the guy that they would go to and um, he occupied space there because Tyler didn't have the jump shot to, to play inside outside um, he had to play around the bucket and now that whole area is Luca and that's where Luca goes and operates. And with his level of footwork, uh, that just keeps getting better and better, he's just impossible to guard. And, um, and just what he's endured this year. I mean, you know, you think about the Texas Tech game where he gets his lip ripped open. And then, you know, last night, Wieskamp catches him with friendly fire and knocks his tooth loose. And, uh, you know, that he's just, he's gotten, Whacked in the mouth several times. He's just managed to uh, uh, do do everything. He he might need a goalie mask. Maybe get a hockey goalie mask or something. I well, don't know. You well, know,
1: he's got a little hockey player in him because he knocked a he got a his tooth knocked out, missed a shift, and was right back in there. <laughs> yeah,
3: that was amazing. He was. I uh, we were sitting right down by there, and I, so I'm just. And, and the game was pretty much decided by that. Yep. I'm like, I'm never going to put him back in, and he's Here over he comes. there. And, trainer's looking at him, and then he just, I see him get up out of the chair, and I'm like, holy cow, and he taps Fran on the shoulder. <laughs> Going back in, Fran just kind of shrugs his shoulders. All right, go ahead.
1: Well, I think he was waiting for You might not have seen this, Tom, from your vantage point, but on TV they showed a, I think it was a female trainer that apparently was running back from the locker room. with. Was it a, maybe a mouth guard or something? Because when he stood up, he tapped Fran and then went over to, you know, kind of where probably behind where Dolph and Bobby would have been and was handed something from a trainer. I'm I'm assuming a mouth guard, and then he went back into the game uh, after yeah, a you know, I think it was the four-minute timeout.
3: Yeah, they made he told us after the game, they made him put a mouth guard in gotcha. and he could go back in. So, and, uh, but boy, he's just playing such good basketball. The, the thing that I'm going to be real curious about, and I, you know, I won't write about it until it actually happens, but kind of got some thoughts in my head already, is if Jordan does, um, decide to shut things down, what happens? Then you're going to see more Joe Chasson, mm-hmm. more Bakari, mm-hmm. Evelyn. Uh, you're going to see more of those guys having to play, and they've got to get more out of Cordell. I don't think Cordell played in the second half. No, he didn't. Um, And he didn't look good when he was in there in the first half, and it just makes it even more important that Cordell gives him something uh, the rest of the way if Jordan has to shut things down.
2: C.J. Frederick hitting over 50% of his threes on the year, loves the big moment, offensive rating, He's 28th in the country in offensive efficiency on the year. This guy is going to have to do a lot more, though. He's going to get more shots if Bohannon, in fact, shuts it down. How much upside is there? And take us back to the recruiting. I remember on the message boards, and I was one of them. Oh, great. Another one of these two guards coming in for the Hawkeyes. But he has been certainly... How Iowa found this guy that was out there on the recruiting trail from
3: Kentucky? You know, he had uh, his uncle played uh, at Notre Dame when fran was there as an assistant coach okay and that's how they got the relationship and he had other opportunities to go elsewhere he was prepared to walk on for the first year at iowa just so he could wow. go play for fran mccaffrey and it just kind of tells you everything about him but but he just does everything well doesn't he i mean it's yep. just um he doesn't he's a low mistake guy doesn't make a lot of mistakes doesn't hunt shots. uh makes good decisions with the basketball and He is, you know, he might not be the most athletic high riser guy, but he just he's a pest on defense and gets his hands in there. He and Connor get more hands on passes and, and, uh, you know, guys bring the ball down low and they'll get their hand in there and knock it loose. They do that more than any pair of guards that I've seen at Iowa in a long time.
1: Uh, Tom, real quick on football. So what's the uh, what's the schedule? Will you guys get, I'm sure you'll have some time with some of the coaches, uh, when practice resumes, which I'm assuming has got to be, is it this weekend? When did they start practicing for the Holiday
3: Bowl? Yeah, they've already had a couple of practices. Have they? Uh, yeah, in fact, USC, their first practice for the bowl game will be this Friday. So they haven't really done anything since that UCLA game. Uh, so I was already, you know, been doing a little bit of work. Um, you know, the next big thing and next week, signing day on Wednesday. So that'll be, uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to coach Ferentz. He was, uh, uh, gone on Sunday when the bowl was announced. He was, uh, in new England watching his son play, uh, start for, uh, the, the Patriots, a cool thing Kirk did, by the way. Um, he took, uh, Jay Neiman and, and his wife, with them on that trip because they're playing Kansas City and then obviously nice. the, the Chiefs. So yeah. it's just really cool that they put them on the private with them and, and went up to Foxborough and watched the game.
1: Absolutely. Nice touch. Football
2: signing day. How far away are we from the early December signing period?
3: It's this Wednesday. 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 So, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's Wednesday. So uh, big day. I don't expect any drama, I don't expect okay. any real breaking news. Theo Johnson announced for Penn state, that was really Saw the only yep. remaining thing. And, um, but I, I, you know, I'm kind of of the opinion this year for after January, I think Iowa might look more transfer portal than, uh, what's left out there. I just kind of think they might have some needs that they'll have to fill, you know, as up and worse where to make their decisions and whatever they do, maybe they look to fortify the line with, uh, with some defensive or offensive linemen.
1: Tom Kakert, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, thank you. We will uh, talk to you next week. Appreciate it, Tom. Okay, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Tom Kakert on Iowa. Alex Halstead on deck on Iowa State, as we'll take you uh, take you to uh, the top of the hour. Talking Iowa State in the 11 o'clock hour, we'll begin with some football conversation. Chiefs, Packers, Bears, We've got our picks. We've got Claxon's Barbecue. We're here until noon. It's Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460
0: No. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
1: Hi, right, welcome back. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. We will uh, put the Seahawks game from last night away. To start the 11 o'clock hour, do some NFL conversation and focus in on uh, the locals, uh, with the exception of the Vikes, who take on the Chargers. We'll do some Bears, uh, Bears Packers, and of course the Chiefs with Nick Athen. Uh, Let's get our buddy Alex Hulsted, Cyclone Alert 24-7 Sports uh, in here. Alex, Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on. How
0: are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing?
1: All right, Alex. Uh so where does what how does prom handle next week after you know, um, he fell on the sword last night. Give him credit for doing that. He took complete blame for the, uh, the lackluster effort out of his team, uh, saying that he didn't have hit them ready. How will he get them ready? Certainly not for the next two, which should be laughers, but next week's going to be interesting. How will he approach it? Will it be tough love? Does he get after them? Does he try and coddle them a little bit? How will he approach uh, practice? Uh, you know, Obviously, it's going to be a little bit difficult with all the finals that will be taking place, but how will he go about it?
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be the interesting task for him. And like you said, the next two games they should win, even if they give half the effort, um, just because of the, the opponents they play. And probably going to conference play at eight and four, uh, barring uh, I guess uh, a Milwaukee type letdown from a few years back. But the the big question is how does he get them focused and 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 I guess prepared uh, for twenty three days from now when they open Big Twelve play? Because you know if they have performances like last night, that's going to become a kind of a consistent thing in the Big Twelve. So uh that's kind of a big question i think it's probably going to be a combination of probably some of those harder practices but also uh they just need to figure some things out you know i think uh last night you know transition defense was not very good obviously three-point defense wasn't very good but you know some of their problems right now are they've still got to kind of find an identity because i think they hope their identity would be what it has been in years past and that's you know being good from the perimeter but this team has shown really in nine of ten games that they're not a very good three-point shooting team and uh, I think at some point you've got to start to adjust to that instead of just continue to shoot them.
2: You know, taking that a step further, certainly you have three post players. Is this going to be more? And we're going to be running the offense through the big guys, something we haven't seen Iowa State do over the past 10, 12 years now. It is going to start in the middle and go out from there because Solomon Young's played at a high level. We've seen Jacobson have good games, and Connett, he can really get going out there at times. Is it going to be much more concerted effort? Hey, we can't afford to play another 20 games shooting 28% from three. We have to get the ball inside.
0: Yeah, and I think that's been kind of a concerted effort at times within games. You know, we've seen in the last couple weeks there's been times where they haven't shot well from three. especially as the game's gone along and into the second half after they've made adjustments at halftime, you've seen them feed the ball inside to uh, their big Solomon Young and uh, even Michael Jacobson and uh, obviously George Condit. And so, you know, we've seen that happen, but then last night, you know, they come out and four, their first six shots are uh, from Jacobson and Young, but they're not in the paint really. They're 15 footers or they're, you know, three point shots. And some of them are open for Jacobson throughout that game, but they've got to either start hitting them or, or find ways to, you know, get better looks. Uh, I think, that was one of the things last night. They shot 23% from three, and you know, I think Tyrese Halliburton said after the game he, he'd have to go back and look at the film, but I think it, it was pretty clear that at times a lot of those threes um, were not necessarily great shots, and so that's kind of an issue, too. You know, there are times in the season when, where Steve Prohm said, you know, 80% of the threes were good looks and they're just missing them. Well, you know, now they're starting to get to the point where some of them aren't even looking like good shots. So I think that's what, what, what they have to figure out because if you're going to keep shooting threes and keep missing them, uh, your offense isn't going to improve. I mean, they've got to figure out a way to have a better offense if three-point shooting uh, is not their thing this year.
1: Well, in an effort to uh, to provide a spark, Prome went to Terrence Lewis last night. I mean, he was uh, going down his bench and trying to find any answer. And for a while, Lewis looked like he was going to provide him that, right? He made a couple of big shots in that basketball game. So what does this do for the remainder, or maybe the here and now? Um, he certainly would have to think we'll get a longer Look more opportunities based on last night's seven points in ten minutes off the bench performance.
0: Yeah, I think this puts pro in a spot where, regardless of the reason he hasn't been playing, whatever that is, whether it's you know practice or whatever, seven points and really one of the better showings last night uh, probably puts him in a position where he's got to at least give him a shot now, especially the next two games against um, you know first Purdue Fort Purdue Fort Wayne and then um, I think Florida A and M. And so, you know, those are games that Iowa State should win, but there are also games that maybe now you have to figure out if Terrence Lewis can do anything for you, and and especially before TCU on January 4th. So um, it it puts him in an interesting spot because I think a lot of fans wonder why he hasn't been playing. I'm sure obviously there's various reasons. There's a lot more to it than just kind of showing up for the games. But uh, I think what he did last night, especially his ability to come in and he hits that first three-pointer, which is where they're struggling, maybe puts Perlman in a spot where, He's got to give him more of a look, in games especially.
2: You mentioned TCU. That'll be the first conference game. It's a road game, a winnable road game. Kansas State has also struggled this year, but the rest of this league, you look at the other teams right now, who's the weakest team? Uh, who's the squad outside of Kansas State and TCU, the purple teams that you get? Uh, if we could go in there and win that game, it's hard to find road victories in this league.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of a daunting task for Iowa State right now. Is You look at their their non-conference schedule right now—they're six and four now. Six of those first ten games have been against high majors, but you know that's basically what they have left too. You know, other than uh, Purdue, Fort Wayne, and Fort A&M, they've got Auburn and eighteen Big Twelve games. Like you said, outside of Kansas State and TCU, uh, this league has been pretty competitive in non-conference play. Even you know, in Oklahoma, I think has shown some things. Uh, West Virginia—we uh, saw you and I give them a competitive game, but they came back and won that game and. You uh, and I's obviously looked really good lately too. So um, this has been a league that I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of like, you know, for sure home wins. Even you know when Iowa State's kind of struggling at times in the last couple of years at home, uh, you know, in, pa- in the past we've seen you know some of those Fred Horberg teams go either nine and zero or eight and one at home in conference play, and that's kind of the position they're starting to put themselves in because even if you go into Big Twelve play at eight and four, you've got to take care of home business, and it's not going to be quite as easy as maybe it has been in years past, especially when this team isn't using Hilton quite like they have, you know, a few years back.
1: Uh Racine Bolton got off to kind of a slow start and then around the um the Atlantis trip seemed to get his game going. In fact on Sunday night he was uh he was uh, good again against Seton Hall. What did they do differently against him last night? He um you know kind of reverted back to his- he, not that he looked lost in the in the early portion of the schedule, but he looked like he was trying to figure out his role. Um, kind of took a step back last night after playing some pretty good ball there late in the month of November and then the first part of December.
0: Yeah, you know Bolton's had a pretty uneven start to his Irish State career. Uh, you know, it kind of got off to a really slow start. Like you said last week, played well. I think he was the Big Twelve newcomer of the week after you know that performance, including Seton Hall and. Um you know, I think maybe people started to think he was going to get back on track. A little, but I think in that three-game stretch, he averaged like 17 points a game. And uh, that's kind of what they need from him. Not maybe even 17, but just the double figure score consistently. And, you know, he struggled from three. I think that's kind of led into things. And, you know, his game has to be uh, going downhill, getting to the rim. And, you know, he's just kind of been inconsistent. And maybe teams have taken that away, especially, I think, one of the problems last night for Iowa State offensively as a whole is, you know, when they went small, Iowa went zone, and it took Iowa State a little bit too long to adjust to that. You know, Steve Prome thought they did better in the second half, but, you know, he said they weren't moving the ball. They didn't get the ball into the high post. Uh, eventually they tried to put, uh, it where Tyrese Halliburton was going to the high post, and, and that worked some. But, you know, I think they're just having a lot of different offensive issues. I think it probably starts with their inability to shoot the three. You know, when, when Iowa goes zone, zone and they have some of those pockets for threes, they're still missing them. Um, and then they're not kind of executing the offense. So, Uh, I think that's probably feeds into Bolton, but I think both Bolton and Nixon, if this team is going to be an NCAA tournament team or a bubble team and improve in Big 12 play, those two have to take big steps offensively.
2: Finally, Alex, we'll let you go on this. It's Notre Dame in the Camping World Bowl. You'll be down there in Orlando. Big coverage over at CycloneAlert.com. But uh, the matchup here, the opportunity for Iowa State Big stage leading right into the semifinals of college football. Saturday morning, 11 o'clock. Can't get much bigger than this for Iowa State football.
0: Yeah, that's kind of been the talking point that they have a, a big opportunity in front of them. A, a season that goes, you know, 7-5, and five, and I think there's a few wins that they feel like we're out there. I think ESPN's Football Power Index has their expected record at 8.6 wins. And so, obviously, you know, there's a winner too that, you know, most of these computer models say Iowa State should have. They don't. And so, I think they feel like this is still a good way to. Uh, put a put a nice touch on the season, but also kind of move into 2020 on a positive note. You know, you're taking on the number 15 team in the college football playoff rankings. And like you said, there's four games on that day. It's uh, the Camping World Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and the two college football playoff uh, semifinal games. So a big stage for them against an opponent that, you know, Jamie Pollard said could bring in maybe one of the highest TV ratings uh, in Iowa State history, just the fact of that Notre Dame audience and what day it's on mm-hmm. and uh, what game's it. So a big opportunity for them, both uh, probably brand-wise, but also – uh, to end this twenty nineteen
3: season.
1: No, that's a great point. A lot of eyeballs will be watching that football game. ABC. It's a big day. You mentioned the two semifinals. Uh, good stuff, uh, Alex. We appreciate. It. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Alex Halstead. Yep, thanks, guys. Thank you, Alex Halstead. CycloneAlert.com. dot com. We will come back with a brand new hour and a brand new topic. We're going to talk some NFL football. We're going to focus on the locals when we start off the eleven o'clock hour. Uh, we're going to do a little something on Army Navy about eleven twenty five. Claxon's Barbecue Giveaway, Claxon's 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona Trent and I with an hour to go on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO